You're listening to Not the Sermon with Eric and Jamie. What's going on, Sermonauts? Welcome to Not the Sermon with your host, me, Eric, and then I got my man, Jamie. Jamie, that doesn't sound like your voice. What was that? I don't know. I just I, I didn't expect you to point to that me, was, so I said a, my name. A panic order. <laughs> it's a panic order. Like, kind of like your macaroni and fish order, but kind of like kind of like uh, Phoenix is eating of a pop tart, uh, yeah. listener. I'm hungry. We had to wait. We had to hold this whole show up so he could get done eating a Pop-Tart and crumpling foil into the mic. There it is. There it is again. There it is. And talking with his mouth full. I don't know what you guys are talking about. uh, Anyways, you are listening to Not the Sermon, which is a podcast that's about everything but the sermon. Yeah. Um, You're probably, if you're a Christian and you like podcasts, you're probably used to uh, you know, sermon podcasts and devotionals and nine ways to be a better parent, even though you're never going to be. It's actually 10 ways. 10 ways. Yeah. yeah, it just depends on what podcast. There's nine, 10, 11 ways. It's just, yeah. um, but we're a podcast uh, by a couple of ministers um, who love theology. Yep. And we love comedy. Yep. And so uh, we like to do both on this and we like to talk about everything but the sermon uh, so that you are educated and Entertained. I okay. Guess. There educated you go. To ease. I'm sorry. I had to be pithy. Pithy. Make it pithy. Um, educated and entertained. And so we're uh, we're back in the office. We're back in the real world, man. How yeah, you feeling? Let's, let's shoot some scubalon. By the way, scubalon is the Greek word for dung. Um, yeah. And so we're going to shoot some of that right now. We are back in the office. Yep. We just came back. Eric and I were um, overseas in India, ministering over there. Mm-hmm. And where so, they just drop scubalon on the streets. <laughs> there's a lot of scubalon over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? So how are you feeling, dude? I'm feeling pretty. Pretty good, man. We were we were talking about jet lag, which is I get it. Um, definitely feeling that right now. But I've harnessed it. Mm. Um, I have been waking up naturally yeah. at about five o'clock, four thirty, yeah. five o'clock, and I've been kind of using that to be productive for the first few hours of the day. Only problem is, is I am out by seven thirty. Yeah. So that's that's a problem. Um, but other than that, I'm feeling really good. Yeah. What about you, man? No, I'm doing good. I slept for the first time last night, like more than six hours. Yeah. I've been getting up really early as well. I've been pushing like to stay up, uh, and and then, but I've still been waking up at like four thirty or five as well. Not me, dude. I'm blocked, dad, falling asleep with my white New Balances on on the couch, <laughs> and your and your child just running crazy, just running crazy, just dropping stuff. Aubrey has a my daughter has a sixth sense for someone trying to go to sleep. <laughs> Because that's when she's the stinking loudest, dude. Yep. Just, I, I watch her drop something on the wood floors, which make it even louder, and then look at me. I'm like, you little <laughs> jerk. You're a monster. Um, so I'm doing good. Um, one of the, We had a cool conversation yesterday. So you noticed that my demeanor yesterday was my first day back in the office, our first yeah. day back in the office. Yeah. Um, and Jamie noticed that my demeanor was a little down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was tough. And and we were talking about this. Uh, this is something that uh, I wasn't. And if you've been on a mission trip, you're probably like, oh, is, is, is this his first time? Oh, <laughs> poor little baby, it's his first time. How cute. <laughs> um, but I and I talked with Jamie, and I was like, man, to be we had our staff meeting. Yeah. Um, which usually I look forward to. But I got a little bogged down, and and one of the reasons I got bogged down is because I was feeling a little discontent yeah. with old church America. American church. American church, because, you know, I mean, we're in there talking about- The big, know, bloated, you know, overweight thing she is. Yeah, yeah, she's she's 
She's fat. Um, and not in a good way. She's not thick. She's fat. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So we're sitting there and we're like, oh, we didn't have good volume on the live stream. And this light kept flickering. And this person, we ran out of tissues in the bathroom. And I'm sitting there like just remembering the kids who are spiritually starving in India, yeah. crying out to God day yeah. and night. And I'm like, well, this is, man, this is the Lord's work, ain't it? The, the tissues are in the closet. <laughs> you know, I told Jamie, like, some, my first Sunday back, I felt like a Chick-fil-A employee. Like, <laughs> my, my pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. How can I make your experience here at VFC Land? Hey, it's all about you. you know? Yeah, yeah, it's all about you. And, and you know, over there, and, and y'all will hear me, and I was talking to my wife a little bit about this last night, because I, I, I like to think I'm not a prival person, um, especially when it comes to ministry. Um Try to walk in humility when I can. It's hard. It's, it's when hard. you're so good. When you're when you're as good yeah. as I am, it's really hard to be humble. But I try. I try harder than everyone else to be humble. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was talking. I'm to, the best at being humble. You are. You actually are not because I am. Oh. Um, okay. I'm more humbler than you. Uh, got an award actually I'm for the being humblest. humble. Got a straight off humble off over yeah, here. Yeah, we're humbling. <laughs> Show me your humble. Um, nah. But uh, anyways, uh, I was talking to the wife last night, and she knows like. You know, as being a minister over there, dude, they respect the junk out of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, not and not for who you are, but before the the mission that you you know you work in, and, and for the anointing that you have, and mm-hmm. they, the calling, the calling. They yeah. they listen they to honor you. That, they yeah. honor that. They ask you questions about the Bible. You can't even bring up a passage of scripture without having to explain the whole chapter. You know? Right. And then you get here, and like the biggest question is, where do I stand, and at what time do I go on stage? Or right. You know, uh, does someone know? What, does someone spill coffee? Do you, Eric? Do you know where a mop is? <laughs> you know. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's in the closet. So I was, I, I, I've had a a tough couple days, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it, it's interesting, and and uh, and we talked a little bit about this uh, last episode um, about just meeting people where they are. I, I completely get it, and I remember feeling that way as well. Uh, it, and it's different depending on where you come from because you see how the Lord's moving in other areas. Where we were, man, there was just such a fire in yeah. in people. Um, and and then to come back to the like I said the the bloated American church where we've made it you know mostly about us and all that it, it's difficult but at the same time man I you know this is why Jesus said uh, you know how difficult it is for the rich to enter the kingdom yeah he wasn't only talking about money he was but mm-hmm. it's not just it's it's the the richness of all that we have of all the technology the of culture all, the comfort yeah, yeah all of the, all of the stuff and it's hard and that's a warning to you guys who are listening to this podcast it's it's harder for us to get into the kingdom of heaven yeah and, yeah you know and and what are you going to do with that information I mean it really you know on one end it was kind of like it was tough being back and having to deal with all all that but on the other end I, I feel pretty empowered you know I yeah. feel like I feel like it's a holy discontentment and I feel like it's something I'll be able to learn from and. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing a little bit better today. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll find out. I've got my first youth meeting last night, tonight, which is going to be difficult because basically taught youth over there for two weeks and, you know, they listened. I didn't have to yell at them and no one was doing that. No one was, <laughs> no one was trying to gritty in the middle of me speaking. So I didn't even know what a gritty was. I, I still don't. Um, I don't know um, if I want to. Yeah. Well, I think it serves as a good warning uh, to us. You know, the Church of Sardis, I believe, in Revelation is where... Church of Sardines? Uh, yes, Sardines, the little fish, salty yeah. fish, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where um, where the, the, the Spirit of the Lord says, you think you're rich, but you're destitute. 
Yeah. Like you think you've got it all together, but it's actually the exact opposite. And so, mm. you know, we it, it's look, America is is amazing. It's incredible. The American church is one of the main exporters of the gospel. It's also one of the main exporters of the opposite of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just have to know, you know, there's this kind of American exceptionalism, like we're the best. Well, no, not in some things. By what standard? Oh, no, exactly. We're and, pretty great. I told someone the other day I wanted to get the first thing I wanted to do when I got in America was get arrested, <laughs> so I could enjoy the right to a speedy trial. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when it comes to political freedom, absolutely uh, right. Um, but when it comes to the kingdom of God, I wouldn't say that we're the best, right? Yeah. Oh, and for so, sure. so we just need to be aware, right? We need to be aware of our cultural context of what we're good at, what we're not good at, and ask the Lord to meet us there. Mm-hmm. Ask Him to help us. Uh, and continue and minister to the people the way we can. Yeah. If you if you want a good test for this, especially if you're a minister, ask yourself, could I teach what I'm teaching in India, what I'm I'm teaching here in America? Like right. do my do my lessons, do my sermons, do they translate well? Right. Or are they so subjectivized to American culture that it wouldn't make any sense over there? And I struggle with that. A lot of my message I had to tailor a lot, yeah. you know. And it kind of shows you how different the church is because you, we have so many safety mechanisms and stuff and, and allowances in, in our messages. So. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Lord, help us. All right, Sermonots, we're moving to our next segment called Houston. We have a question. You like that? You like how I did that? Houston, an air freshener? Yes. Um, so Houston, we have a question, is a, a segment where we take uh, questions that have been asked by our sermonots, um, and we try to answer them for you. And we've got an interesting one, and I'm actually curious about this question as well, because I have been partaking Uh-oh. in this particular thing. Um, marijuana. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no. So uh, yo- we have a question about yoga. yoga is it yeah. okay for a Christian to do yoga. And and I ask that too, because I've actually, and you know this, I've actually been doing it for about two months now. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not going to a studio. and I, don't I have, noticed because the have, anointing is gone. No, you, know, you notice <laughs> because I can touch my toes, unlike you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I was having some, some back issues. And so I literally went to YouTube and like started watching like Yoga by Bob, um, <laughs> who does like yoga and like white New Balances. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, I've been doing it and I've I've had results, but I've actually had some pushback too. Yeah. Some people are like, "Oh my god, you're doing yoga, you're going to get a demon." Right. So, uh, what do you think about that, Jamo? So, as with as most someone that's never attempted yoga. I do actually I have my wife has has done it before. Um, she so, asked me to she asked me to join once. So I was uh, like, "Nah, I'm gonna stay inside." <laughs> nah, I'm gonna stay. I- <laughs> uh, um, no, uh, so as with most things, people take this like crazy hard line one way or another, right? People are either mm-hmm. like, sure, Christians can do yoga, period, or absolutely not, Christians cannot do yoga. And as with most things, it has to do with the position of your heart, and not of just your, your spine. Well, I was about to say, not just your body, but so your you can heart. Do certain moves, but not others well, in yoga? It's <laughs> well, true for Jamie. Depends on how fast it makes your heart beat. Um, <laughs> so, look, let me just be really, really clear. Christians should not worship false gods. Okay. That was a big jump. Idolatry. Well, I, I just, I <laughs> we feel went like. from flexibility to idol worship. Okay. Well, here's the thing yoga is not just flexibility, though, right? Like, it's not called flexibility, it's called yoga. And it does come from, you know, Hinduism. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does come from that kind of stuff. Um, but I contend, though, at the same time, 
your average yoga class at the local YMCA is not religious worship. No. It's 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 just not. So so listener, let me be clear. If you are going to a yoga class and you are uh, chanting mantras, uh, you are including spiritual stuff beyond stretching. You need to be really wary of that because the Lord is a jealous God. But if you're going to a yoga class and you're just doing child's pose and you're just doing some of these different things, it's called for, the happy baby. For, well, I don't know what any of it's called. <laughs> uh, then, 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 you know, we don't need to over spiritualize and give in to satanic panic. Well, people still drink Kool Aid, but they're not worshiping Jim Jones. It, it, well, exactly. You know, and, and you know, athletes still stretch, and that's why when people when I started getting some pushback because of what I called it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's ridiculous. Right. Because we were in Hindu temples where they had yoga gods engraved yeah. on the walls. Yeah. And we weren't doing what they were doing. No, it's not your <laughs> it's not your your forty year old who's stretching at the YMCA. You know, it's not the same thing. And, and that's that's the thing. And here's so here's my analogy. This is why I'm not concerned if a church member of ours is going to a gym or going to a Y, going to the Y or going to a hot yoga class. That's why I'm not I'm not concerned about that necessarily, because I don't believe that the power of Hinduism is more strong than the power of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, I I feel like too many people uh, have more faith in the devil's ability to corrupt than Jesus's ability to save. Whoa. And so they're they're all they're oh don't do yoga. Yeah. It's like well where's your heart? And so let me let me prove to you by a thought experiment. Imagine a Hindu comes into our church this next Sunday, and he lifts his hands during worship and tries to sing along to the songs. Mm-hmm. During the sermon, he takes notes. Mm-hmm. Is that Hindu now a Christian? According to Baptist, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did he fill out a card? Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course not. Yeah. Right. The guy's not a Christian. Why not? Because there's been no heart change whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way, a Christian, you know, moving their body into a particular position to stretch does not make them a Hindu. It does not it does not open them up to demons because they are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Okay. So the physical activity where your heart is unaffected uh, is not is not idolatry. It's mm-hmm. not the same thing. And and if we conflate the two, then then I think we do everyone a disservice with that. I wonder if like other religions are like afraid they're going to catch the Holy Ghost when they do things. <laughs> yeah, like, Christians are so afraid. <laughs> Christians are afraid to walk into a frozen yogurt shop without getting a demon. Well, that and, and that's the thing. Like the conservative evangelicalism, the it, satanic panic, it makes too big a deal of the darkness and not a not a big enough deal about the Holy Spirit's ability to protect His temple, the believer. Yeah, and and so so I, I am I do not believe that merely stretching using predetermined poses that that's a religious act and it's calling demons to you or anything like that um well that's i mean if that's the case i'm not saying everybody's this radical about it but like when you get out of bed and you don't stretch don't do it don't stretch i mean it's literally stretching i mean now yeah you can find the crystal place where they tell you to put a crystal in your underwear and stretch or whatever it is But uh, yeah, it's not not at the local why, you well, know exactly, and and that's why I think we have to differentiate between what like American yoga versus actual yoga is, mm-hmm. and we can't act like they're the same thing, right? Yeah, definitely so not. so again, just to be clear, let me just say Christians don't wa- worship false gods, 
right? We, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. But at the same time, don't call something worship of a false God that's not. Yeah. You can't do that. So, so if you're listening here and you're trying to figure out, should I participate in yoga? Look, if you don't have the faith that God will protect you while attending a yoga class, then do not attend it. Yeah. I also feel like that's like a sort of like a, I don't, I'm not trying to be ageist here, but like an older evangelical thing. Yeah. Cause like being a millennial and like Gen Z, like we've never been worried about catching a demon from yoga. Right. It, it tends to be like sort of, you know, X and above that are more concerned about it. Which sure. on, honestly, so because it was new in their generation. Sure. You know, and, well, and, again, I grew up in the 80s, right? And so the 80s is the, the decade panic. of satanic panic of, of like, I, I remember going to seminars at churches and they were playing hair metal backwards and looking for, you yeah. know, hidden messages yeah. and, and stuff. If you, don't, if, you're not, <laughs> if you don't know what that is, satanic panic was like a period of time during the, like the mid 80s to kind of early 90s where... Uh, like Christians were freaking out about everything being like Satan in disguise. Right. Like, oh, Dungeons if you play, and Dragons. Yeah, Dungeons Pokemon. and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. Poke- backmasking. Back, yeah. yeah. Backmasking. What does that sound? It sounds like it stinks. But isn't that what it's called where you play stuff backwards? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but that's yeah. when they, they were like, take the Black Sabbath record and you play it backwards. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and then bands started doing it to mock the Christians. Yeah, uh, Petra actually had a song that that is backwards, backmasking, and then mm-hmm. when you play it, it says, "Why are you looking for the devil when you ought to be looking for the Lord?" Ooh, oh. <laughs> it was such a dang, mic drop. Dang. It was so good. Yeah, backmasking. That's what it's called. That's what it's called. It sounds like, like I said, it sounds like something that's smelly. So, Christian, look if if you have prayed about it, and and you feel the green light from the Holy Spirit you can do it in faith without guilt, then attend your local yoga class. Be aware, be aware that there could be people that are trying to bring spirituality and religious stuff into it and and be separate from that. And they're usually potheads, so you'll know immediately. <laughs> be, be separate from that. But at the same time, I don't think running from a yoga class is beneath the stature of a Christian. <laughs> you have the Holy Spirit in you, and He is more powerful than anything else. Yeah, it reminds me of like the food sacrifice to idols argument. I was just, you know, I was just pulling that up. Yeah, First yeah, Corinthians I mean, eight. It's like yeah. if it hurts your conscience, then it's a sin to you. Yeah, they if don't it do it. Do it. You're fine. Right, but don't go around pointing out. I can't believe that person stretched. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's it, it, there's a difference between idol worship and stretching. Yeah. All right, guys, now we're going to our next segment called Shady Theology. This is where we like to uh, talk about some theological positions that may be a little bit shady, uh, something we need to kind of work through. And um, you guys, y'all want to sing the intro here? Yeah, you got to do a little stretching. <laughs> no, 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 that will send you straight to hell. All right, ready? Take, yeah. w- take one. Shady Theology. There we go. Nice. <laughs> Eric Scott's the, still got the soundboard. The soundboard. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, I wanted to talk today about the concept of being slain in the spirit. Slain in the spirit. So that's an old Pentecostal term for when someone feels overwhelmed by the presence of God and can no longer stand. So it's called falling out. Um, I've heard it called resting in the spirit. Resting in the spirit, taking a little Holy Ghost nap. A little, little, uh, yeah, a little Holy Ghost narcotics. A little Holy Ghost drugs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Eric, have you ever been slain in the spirit, man? 
You ever fallen when someone's prayed for you? Like once. Yeah. Once. Was it a courtesy drop or was it real? Uh, the the that was the only one. <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta qualify that. Yeah. So courtesy <laughs> drop is when you everybody else around you is falling and you don't want the minister to lose their confidence and so when they pray for you you just drop anyways. And there's already someone behind you. Yeah. And you just kind of know you do the little look behind you first. Maybe press back. Make sure you feel. Make sure hands. you feel. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and then you guys. So I I'm, I'm I'll admit I've courtesy drop for people, but it didn't take long. I've fallen out once. It was the 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 weekend that I got saved. I felt. The dude that, that was preaching came down and laid hands on me, prayed for me, and I fell out, and that was legitimate. But any time after that, um, I felt like maybe it was a courtesy drop. And then there was a certain point in time, like a while ago, where I just quit like offering courtesy drops. Still yeah. open to the experience, yeah. but I'm definitely not going to fall to make to boost someone's ego. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, it's, it's lying, right? Amen. Yeah. What about you, Phoenix? Have you ever fallen while someone's praying for you? Um, as someone fallen who's in been love. in the charismatic circles for like well over a decade, I've never... Really? Good for yep. you. <laughs> Eric's like, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Um, I've got some close friends that have fallen out in the spirit that I know are the type to not fake that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, kind of like Eric, I keep an open mind, um, but I haven't personally experienced Jamie, that. Jamie, do you sneeze at Jamie? This dude goes down. <laughs> no. Hold on, watch this, watch this, watch this. Ooh, Guys, whoa. he's out. He's out. Whip um, him with your jacket. Yeah. So, so there is biblical precedent for falling. In the presence of the Lord. Yeah, when you trip. Uh, no, actually, let me <laughs> let me share a few verses. So um, in 1 Kings um, chapter 8, 10 and 11, the glory of the Lord fills the place and the priest can no longer stand. Um, and so there's, there's one. In John 18, 6, Jesus says, I am he in the Garden of Gethsemane and all the soldiers fall backwards. Um, and then Abraham, Joshua, Ezekiel, Daniel, Peter, James, and John, Paul, they all record falling down in the presence of God for various reasons, various ways. Now, some people, well, some of them fall forward and others backward. Okay. All right. Still, but there is, it's, let me just put it this way. It's not a weird, it's not an unbiblical thing for someone to fall when they encounter the presence of the Lord. Yeah. It's not. I, I, yeah, I think you qualify that with depending on how, because like, you know, you fall down at the feet of Jesus, like you yeah. could be just in awe. You may not have been, you know, falling backwards. Sure. The other thing is if you listen to any detective series, they'll say when you're shot, you don't fall backwards, you fall forwards. Mm -hmm. So how many of these people falling backwards are really getting slain in the spirit? Huh? You know, acquiring minds want to know. The I, criminal element of VFC wants to know. I uh, I've found that it's healthiest for me to not to fall judge, on your side. to not judge how people <laughs> respond to the to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> to fall on your side. I like to wear a helmet when I go to evangelistic. I meetings. tape a pillow around my head <laughs> when I'm in a revival meeting. Yeah. So uh, so I've seen people fall and not get caught and hit a concrete floor. Same. Before. Same. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, Jamie. I don't judge it. Like, I'm definitely not going to judge the move of God. Like, I've seen people, like, fall out. I've seen it happen real. I've seen it happen in the flesh. I, you know, I make fun of it just for my own entertainment. Right. But, like, you know, I, I'm I'm for it. I'm not against it. Well, it's, 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 the Bible doesn't instruct us to fall, but neither does it say that we can't. So we can't make a general theological declaration about. Well, can I dance? Yeah, yeah, that's biblical can I, as well. Biblical can I break, break dance? Yeah. So, so, but the point is that, like, like we need to, like, we need to reserve judgment. Like to say falling out is always good, or falling out is never good. That's that is an uneducated um, statement. Like, mm -hmm. like you, you don't get to determine how other people respond. And sure. to me, it's really easy. Like if two, 
objects meet one another, whoever's stronger is going to push the over the one the other one over. And so if if the spirit of the Lord is real, he is. And if he's moving, he is. And he can come upon you, which he can, then it makes sense then that sometimes um, that that he will overwhelm you and you can't stand anymore. So I mean, are you more spiritual if you fall? Of course not. Not at all. And I'm with you. I plant my feet. If I'm getting prayed for, I, there's no courtesy drops for me. I, I, I'm not here to make anyone feel good about themselves. Um, but there have been a handful of times where I have fallen because the presence of the Lord hit me so hard. Mm-hmm. And those moments, I was marked forever. Yeah. I think there is a... Yeah, no, there's definitely merit to having like ecstatic experiences with the Lord. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely like, I want to remain open to that. I will say though, I used to get paid to stand, uh, to actually kneel behind people's legs while they're in a prayer line. <laughs> you push and them. they would push over me. I'd, <laughs> I'd get $5 a person. Well, I've seen, dude, I've seen one time I was at a, at a women's conference and I was uh, catching, you know, this is where you line up behind people in mm-hmm. case they fall. And um, the the person was praying for the put put her hands on this lady, and the lady dropped to her knees and went forward. That's a real fall. And I'm and I'm sitting there. I'm I'm left. <laughs> I'm looking at the at the minister. We're looking at each other like, oh crap. What do you do now? <laughs> All right, what happens? Um, but she and but she got up and like again, her life was marked by it. And so, um, so I, the word this the the phrase slain in the spirit. Sounds weird. Oh, it makes slain. like someone drove a sword into your heart. Yeah, it slain. sounds slain. <laughs> like God is going to disembowel you. Yeah, in the spirit. I, in the for spirit. me, my uh, my story was I was you know coming out of my 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 deconstruction. Mm. Um, I was really uh, hesitant <laughs> to embrace you know manifestations specifically like being slain in the spirit. Um, I was very critical of it, and one of the reasons I'm not as critical of it now, really at all, um, is I was at a really charismatic conference, and there was a, a speaker there, Randy Clark, who's yeah. you know known for big his, fan his theological writings on manifestations. Um, and I was there, and I, I was just you know being a little pouty face when he was praying for people, and people were falling out, and I was like, man, this is so lame. And then I felt the just sort of in my in my heart that the Lord was. Uh, like I felt the Lord tell me to go and catch for him. Like if you're mm-hmm. going to be so critical, why don't you go and catch for right, him? Right, right. And I was like, man, it was one of those things. I was like, man, that's that's kind of the Lord. Um, and so I get up. <laughs> that's and, kind of the that's Lord. Kind of the Lord. Um, and there was, I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, a couple hundred, maybe nine. I mean, it was almost a thousand people in yeah. this in this church. And 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 Randy's fairly not protected per se, but you know, people try to mob him when they're down there. And so I was like, there's no way I'm even getting close to this guy. Yeah. And so I go walking up there, and then he makes eye contact with me, points at me, and says, "Hey, come catch for me." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, this is God." So <laughs> I spent the whole night catching for Randy Clark, and it was you had it took some skill, man. When the yeah. you know people start hitting the floor, you're like, "Okay, I got about four inches right here. If I turn." them to their side. Yeah, yeah. I could get them down. You got to protect you um, got to protect the crown of the head. You got to protect the crown of the head, you know. <laughs> you don't want anyone to wake up and they can't speak English you anymore. You got to be willing to take one for the team too. It's like I, I had, like know. the Lord someone prayed for me, I hit my head and I can't do math now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it makes me want to do a commercial for like like pillows, like head pillows, like slain in spirit head pillows. Helmets. <laughs> Holy Ghost helmets. Here Holy Ghost helmets. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, here's uh, let me tell a final story um, about this. Um, I have a friend who's a, who's a minister, and he was of a denomination that that was a, not only not into things of the spirit, but against them. Mm-hmm. And he went to um, a revival meeting with a couple other pastors, 
And during the middle of the meeting, someone gets prayed for. They fall down, start rolling around on the ground. Yeah. And he was offended. He was like, holy rollers. Holy eh? roll. Exactly. It was a holy roller. So he turns to one of his pastor friends and says, that's not the spirit. That's the flesh. Right. Mm -hmm. And his friend goes, I don't know. So he turns to his other friend and he goes, that's not the spirit. That's the flesh. Right. And his friend says, we'll know when she gets up. (laughs) In other words, we don't. We don't judge what God is doing by the manifestation. We judge by the fruit we see in someone's sure. life. Yeah. And so can, if someone falls and gets back up and they're no different, that wasn't the Lord. Yeah. But if someone falls, gets up, and their life has changed, it was the Lord. So it's not the falling mm-hmm. that determines whether or not it's of God. It's the fruit. Yeah. That's really good, dude. Uh, it's funny. People are like more people than you would think are interested in stuff like this, like from, you know, Baptist traditions or yeah. cessationists. You know, we had a uh, a really close friend of mine. He's a, a Baptist uh, worship leader. He does our camp every year. And I was so embarrassed during ministry time because I love this guy so much. And I didn't want him to feel uncomfortable and leave because we needed him. And yeah. it was cool having him there. And uh, we start praying for the kids and kids are like going down and they're just, you know, crying and all just like really emotional, charismatic stuff. And I'm just like, oh, God, he's seeing it, you know. Right. <laughs> and then I go up to him and I'm like, hey, man, dude, I totally understand if you want to just bail a little bit early. while we... He's like, no, dude, like I'm yeah. I'm here for it. Bro, when people see um, the Holy Spirit manifest in a genuine, authentic way, it's so compelling. Yeah. Um, I think what people have... Uh, been turned off by is just the religious traditional garbage. Mm-hmm. The well, I, I fell one time, and God did a work in my life, so I'm going to fall again. Well, that's no different than like going to a big church and kneeling at a certain time. Yeah. And it's just religious. It's just tradition. Well, I felt like I fell. I did my thing. Like right. I did it. Like and I'm not saying I won't do it again, but the Lord was moving. I wasn't. I didn't go. I didn't respond to fall. I responded because I felt the presence right. of God. And then when he when he laid hands on me, I fell. Right. I just happened. I wasn't seeking after it. Right. Right. I didn't even know. It, I didn't even have a grid for it. That's how right. I know it was the Lord. I didn't even know people fell down. You couldn't fake it because you didn't know it existed to people, fake. People weren't even doing it yet. Yeah. I was like the first one. Right. And I was. Dude, like, that happened to me once. I was at a meeting, and this this was one of the most dramatic encounters with the Lord I've ever had. And, and, and the minister was like, if you feel the Lord moving on you, I want you to come up front and we're going to pray for you. So I went up front. Uh, one of my buddies was with me and, um, and, and the guy lays his hands on me and y'all, I was thrown backwards about 10 feet. Mm. And for the next 30 minutes, I felt like I was on fire mm. and, and that, that experience. And I remember telling the Lord, Lord, if you don't turn this down, like I'm, I'm going to die. Yeah. And that experience, uh, and it was probably gosh, it was probably nine years ago, that experience changed me to where my sensitivity to the things of the Spirit has been turned up to 11 out of 10. Oh, wow. And and my ability to discern where the Holy Spirit's going in a meeting, my ability to get um, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, spiritual gifts, um, and use them for ministry, it's I've not been the same since that. And yeah, yeah I fell. And it wasn't the falling, it was the encounter that mm-hmm. did it, right? Yeah. It's a symptom. It's not It's not the thing. Right. So let's not judge the symptom. Sure. And let's not also at the same time, either, either for or against, let's not say, well, if someone fell, well, that minister's really got it going on. Yeah. Maybe not. But if someone didn't fall, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. let's quit 
fixating on the manifestation. Well, and a lot of charismatic, I mean, ministers, they use that to boost their ego. Oh, it feels good. Dude, when I pray for someone and they fall, like, it feels good. I'm yeah. not going to lie. It's like, yeah, look at me. Bro, I've, What's your I'm body not going to lie. I've, like, when, I, when I felt count? someone, I was praying, like, when I pray for someone who's, like, really sensitive to that kind of stuff, yeah. and but I'm, like, prophesying to them, I've told them, no, not yet. Like, stop. Yeah. Like, listen yeah, to what I've, I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I've put my hand behind people and held them up because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like the Lord was done with it. Well, I was like, I didn't come here to make you fall down. I came here to prophesy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't have any modest, modesty cloths ready. Yeah, no modesty cloths. Here. Yeah, yeah. For I real. call them butt crack rags. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that don't know, some churches store blankets to cover people who fall. They cut to cover their butt Because ladies be in dresses yeah. and Dude, stuff. and it's not just the people falling, it's the people catching. Yeah. I've seen yeah. a, I saw a catcher <laughs> once, and he was bending over, like, you know, like trying to put people on the ground. That, I'm like, bro, had that moon I, out. I can yeah, see pull your way, pants up. Had that, way too much. I had that Damascus experience. blind. <laughs> All right, for our final segment today, you guys, uh, we are doing a segment called Eric's Education. Eric's Education. Because um. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> we don't need no education. That was nice. <laughs> so, um, Eric is in school and... Um, we, what I wanted to talk about we is had that, an argument before the podcast. Well, I, I was going to say a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to cast my pearls before the swine. Yeah, Jan- don't fight, mommy that's and daddy. Funny don't fight. You were advocating for everyone being stupid. James, like we don't need no books. So that's not true at all. We, um, we don't need that stuff. But I wanted to ask Eric, like, what is the role of education in ministry? Like, how has he found, like? Because because you're right, there are people, I know you were, you were making fun, but it, I don't subscribe to this. There are people who are like, you don't need any education. You don't need, you don't need none of that learning. It's yeah. just the spirit, right? And then you've got, and then you've got some people who their whole ministry is built around like a, a theological understanding of doctrine. That's mm-hmm. it. Uh, both, I would say, are out of balance. Yeah. Um, so where have you found um, the education helps you in ministry? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there's a quote that always comes to mind when people ask me about this and theology. I, I forget who said it, but it, it goes, uh, theology done right leads you to the drink, um, <laughs> meaning it drives you crazy, you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, there's... You mean not the flow of the Holy Ghost Not drink? the flow of the Holy Ghost drink. Like you mean Jim you to, Beam. Yeah, it leads you to Jim Beam. So if you're doing theology right, you're probably an alcoholic. Um, just kidding. Um, no, yeah, no, education has been important to me. Um, I, I've always been, uh, uh, naturally curious about everything, sure. you know, the, like my best and worst feature is knowing stupid random facts that I'll never get to use in a conversation. Oh, I thought they were your eyes. Yeah. Your best and worst they, feature. They are. They're very, one of them is really good. The other one's not yeah, so other one's Which kinda, one? What is the other one? It's even, lazy. It's even looking at. What are you looking I at? I know. Jeez, which one should I look at, Eric? Your yeah, right I, eye I, or... I, yeah, I asked that when I was looking at uh, your mom one time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's pretty bad. I'm sorry, Ann. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love you, Miss Ann. That wasn't, that was Jamie's metaphorical mom, not you. You're wonderful. <laughs> Um, but anyways, yeah, so education has been important to me. I've, I'm a natural learner. I've always, you know, had a, a tendency to want to like search out knowledge and stuff. But like with anything, you have to find balance because I found at different points in my life, I've been out of balance. Yeah. Um, you know, early on in my ministry, um, I, I thought that 
the more that I knew intellectually speaking, the better of a minister that I would be. Right. But it actually made me a worse minister because I was, instead of actually ministering to the needs of the people, I was telling people a bunch of stuff that they didn't care to hear, wasn't useful for Right, right. And I think that's where you have to be careful um, because your average parishioner or church member is not a theologian. Right. Nor will they ever even care about what N.T. Wright has to say, right. or, or who you know, or G.K. Chesterton, or C. or even C. Or J.K. Rowling, or J.K. Well, actually, they probably <laughs> care more about what she has to say than than what a lot of other you know theologians and stuff have to say. But uh, so, do you have to if you're if I'm going to publish a book at some point, do mm-hmm. I need to have my two initials? Do I need to be J.T. Nunley? J.T. Nunley, yeah, that it makes that you, makes you sound so much more scholarly. Yeah, it replaces <laughs> it replaces the fact that you don't have any letters after your name. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, education is important, but it needs to be balanced with practical ministry and practical relationship yeah. with the Lord. Because more, Paul says, what, knowledge puffs up, right? right. And, and people tend, with more informational knowledge, tend to be more prideful. Right. They tend to think See, they have it all together. So you were arguing my point. Before we started this conversation on the podcast, you were talking about the importance of education. Yeah. And I was countering that and saying, it's true, we need education, but what we actually need is transformation, which is comes through application. Sure. It's, it's not just it's not just the information that saves us, yeah. right? It's 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 the application of the information to where we are changed. How many and times can you do that? T I O N ending on a word like um, shuns. I don't know. How many shuns do you it have just, in a row? It just keeps happening, bro. Um, well, could you make it stop? No, I'm just kidding. Um, Stoption. Could you cause an, an evacuation? Cessation. Cessation. No, no, be honest with him, Jamie. Before you were basically like, books don't save I you. I didn't say that at all. You said you said literally someone, could, someone could go to hell with good doctrine. Absolutely. I said someone could go to hell to, with bad doctrine. Because it's not, it's not, it's, it's, you believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's not what you believe about Jesus. But what you believe about Jesus shapes how you interact with that, Jesus. That's right? true. But it's not the believing about that makes you saved. Well, it's it's not, the believing in. It doesn't, but it gives you context for how to believe, right? She, like it's a structure. Someone, it's a, if, if you have poor theology about, you can go to heaven living your whole life thinking Jesus is a monster. Someone, someone can be mentally challenged and unable to learn sure. and, and, and have faith in Christ as well. Yeah. Well, but all of our knowledge is trying to get us to the place that that person with an intellectual disability is with the Lord, like a simple faith in Christ. Right. right? No, and I agree with that. All I'm saying- A lot of our knowledge is actually undoing things that we know. Right. But here's but here's what I found, and, and this is what concerns me about the church. Mm. The, 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 uh, on one hand, the, the church, and I don't mean our church, I mean the church in general, yeah. is, is, is biblically illiterate. And so there's an overcorrection now where everyone is all about doctrine, 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 as mm. if doctrine saves you. Doctrine does not save you yeah. because because knowledge is an, is, is an inexhaustible thing. You'll never know everything. Sure. You can't. And so that is not our ultimate goal is to know everything. Our ultimate goal is to know Jesus. Jamie, are you burning a book? Guys, he is burning a book. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I totally agree. And I, like I said earlier, I think we're saying... We're, we're, Eric, put the monocle down. We're going, you don't yeah. need that. It doesn't make you look smart. It makes smart. me feel smarter. When I, when He's I lighting a pipe. Money. He's lighting a pipe. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, that, isn't that nice? Just a bunch of white dudes with beards smoking tobacco, <laughs> talking about how right they are. Um, but yeah, that's but that's that's you know that's also a caricature of knowledge, right? That's sure. the misuse of knowledge. Right. I think there's been a lot of misapplication of knowledge, and I think that's what you're pushing back against because you know there can't. 
you know, there's a, you're saying two things. You're saying there's a, an enormous issue with biblical illiteracy and an overcorrection with knowledge. But right. The, those, the knowledge doesn't fix biblical illiteracy, right? Correct knowledge does. Right. Like knowledge of the word of God. And so I think when you have a healthy balance between biblical understanding, theological understanding, and general education, you're bettering yourself. Sure. You know, in, in India, we talked about this because when at one time when I was in India. Oh, it's all about India now. It's all about India. My whole life. Um, they're literally <laughs> using education yeah. to preach the gospel, sure. right? Sure. And so education, these people are getting masters in theological studies and, right. and bringing that back to their, their group. I mean, that's that's important, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of times people in, in your camp... Um, they're, they're the, well, I just, I don't need no books. I need the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm just, I'm making a caricature, but people like they, they rely on like their gut, which is good, but you know, it's, you know, the, you're it's miss, partial. It's partial. I understand. You know? I agree with it. So let me draw an analogy. No. Okay. So it's, right, this it's, is the point where Jamie tries to come out on top. All right, go. <laughs> I've already <laughs> won. Sure. I, I'm, well, I am, the listeners decide. I've already won this discussion. Right. I'm just simply Guys, enforcing it. ruin Jamie's ego by commenting on this post when it comes out <laughs> saying Eric won. You both sound puffed up to me. Yeah. yeah. I think we both have problems. <clears throat> we do. Big time. Here, let's smoke a pipe. <laughs> here's, 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 my, uh, here's my analogy. It's this, my relationship with my wife, right? If I have no knowledge, no informational knowledge of who she is, what she likes, mm-hmm. then that's, I'm not going to have a good relationship with her. Sure. Okay. At the same time, if my relationship with my wife is like, well, this is her favorite color and this is her favorite meal and this is their favorite TV show, but I don't actually spend time with her. Yeah. That's not a good relationship. Yeah. And so, so to me, I'm concerned that people think that Christianity is about being right mm-hmm. when it's about being righteous. Sure. It's about being in right relationship with God and, and knowledge is good if it leads you to mm-hmm. uh, the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. The, the written word should lead you to the living word. And if it doesn't, then you're not doing it right. And, and no, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think so we I'm right. plant our flags on that. But on the same time, <laughs> you can't conflate having the truth and being right, because I don't think they're on the same plane. Right. And it, I explained earlier, truth is is like a prism. You know, we you're seeing one vantage point of this of this prism and, and what you're seeing is correct, but someone on the other side might be seeing something completely different, but it's a part of the same prism. Sure. Right. And so that's where um So you're into crystals and yoga. Yeah, crystals okay. and Rainbows. yoga. And get this, truth can be subjective. Oh, whoa, no, but uh, whoa. not in the you know, the progressive sense. But like seriously, my my vantage point from my life can can lead me to see and believe one thing while yeah. someone else's vantage point can lead them to see and believe something else. Truth is both am- right. Truth is an amalgamation of multiple uh, truths. Yeah, layers of experience. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that there's not objective truth. There is definitely. Of course. If you're thinking, right. oh, there's no objective, you're, you're dumb. Um, <laughs> there is de- most definitely objective truth. The it's, objective truth is the fact truth. that the prism exists. Right, right. You know, sure. like we're just all trying our hardest. I, I used this analogy earlier, you know, truth and, and knowledge and intellect. It's like the ocean. Just because it's so mysterious and, and unfathomable doesn't mean that we shouldn't explore it and study it. Um you Absolutely. Know. Well, it's so, and I'm making fun of the prism example, but it's 100% biblical. Scripture talks about the manifold wisdom of God. That yeah. word means many sided. Yeah, many sided. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, like a, like a jewel, a diamond or whatever, there's multiple sides and they're all one instance of the truth. And so you put them all together and then you've got the beautiful. And you do yoga in front of it and you've got yourself <laughs> a new religion. And then you catch a demon. <laughs> yeah. so. I mean, like we, we can't fully grasp him. 
I mean, like we literally can't contain the knowledge yeah. that like is the 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 fullness of God. Dude, I don't want to serve a God that I can fully understand. Yeah, right. I mean, that would make me God, right? And but I think what knowledge does is it doesn't. You know, people don't try to understand everything about the ocean, but you can harness it. Yeah, like you, we still talking mean, about we the ocean. Learn about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm we're just, still talking about the ocean. This is where Jamie okay. found out that I had a better analogy than him, <laughs> even though he <laughs> he thinks he's the analogy king. He just got one up. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I think I think both practical experience, real life relationships is important, but then also having a structure and knowledge. God, I've got the best joke, but I can't say it. Okay, well, don't. I'd have to cut. I it. might have the same one. <laughs> Jamie, that was awful. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> well, I just have knowledge. <laughs> you have you have what? No. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so, listener, you have just been witness to exactly what it's like to listen to Eric and I talk around the office. Yeah, this is why the podcast was started. We, we argue with each other, even, even though, though we, agree. we believe the same thing. Yeah. And then it devolves uh, into jokes and and uh, quips that we probably shouldn't say. Yeah. So two contrarian pastors walk into a bar. and uh, No, they don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode. We just pray that Mr. What, what, Eric? I was going to hit the censor button again. Oh, golly. I'm not. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I told you, I took it away from me. We pray. Why do you have like a Donald Trump like hand gesture going I don't, on? I don't know. He does. It's a power He's move. sitting in a pile of burnt books doing Donald Trump mannerisms. While, while doing golden hair all of a sudden. While this doing child's this pose. This is this is how this happens. This is this is America. It yeah. kind of looked like a yoga pose, honestly. I know. I know. Something's wrong with me, you guys. All right. And I was a Christian. Our I was a Christian, and then I like bent my leg in a weird way, and now. I, I just, <laughs> what if that's I don't how believe easy in God it anymore? It's like, it's like all of a sudden you reach out to tie your shoe, and you're like you're well, Hindu now. I'm Hindu now. All of a sudden there's Whoopsies. a red dot. Yeah. <laughs> my bad. Well, guys, if you, we have not completely and totally offended you this episode, uh, tune in next week when we will try desperately to offend you again. <laughs> yes, let's do this. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. To not, not the, the sermon. sermon. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Victory Fellowship Church in Thomasville, Georgia. Eric and Jamie can be reached at emailing notthesermon at gmail.com. Father to the fatherland, defender of the little kids, gracious and compassionate.